0: Howdy everyone. Welcome to the daily Kofefi. Our Friday is Kofefi on Unsafe Space. Uh, hi to everyone in chat. I've been chatting with people for like 45 minutes. Uh,
1: Have you? 45? Yeah.
0: That's Carrie. I'm Carter. This is Carrie. Carrie is, oops, I forgot to say, I forgot to move the camera when I said this is Carrie. There's Carrie. Carrie's here hey. on time, everyone. Don't give her shit. She was on time.
1: I'll have you know, somebody commented that our wait music for one of the last cafes was ten minutes, and and that we had tech problems that day, audio visual problems. That was Carrie was also on time that day. That was a tech issue day.
0: Yeah, I but, don't remember. Oh, was that a that was your microphone? I think right.
1: That was my microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hi guys. Hi, Maria. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Nit. Oh yeah. my gosh, everybody's here.
0: Everyone's in Wombat, chat and Daniel. I, I feel like there should be – there's more people that are in California than I thought. Well, two more than I thought. I feel like maybe we should have a a commiseration party for us Californians. We can get together and lament the fact that California sucks, but here we are. Um, I don't
1: Actually, know. Uh, Yarn Harder says, I wonder if Carter and Carrie ever thought their channel would attract so many fiber artists and knitters. <laughs> right before we started, Carter was like, hey, I've just been hanging a chat talking with some knitters.
0: <laughs> yeah. and, and Carrie said correctly – I bet that's a sentence you never thought you would utter, uh, that you <laughs> But yeah. we love the knitters.
1: <laughs> Hi, Laura.
0: You don't have to be a uh, knitter I, to be here. You just have to be a thinker. That's it. True. So.
1: Well, look, S. Spear says you'll both have to start knitting. I am ready. This year I have a couple of goals. Um I have, because as you, as I mentioned before, I used to try to knit. I did more crochet than I did knitting, but I knit some scarves. That's all I ever really did. And I have a ton of beautiful yarn, and I have a lot of needles. And uh, I am walking distance from a place here uh, called the – it sells only yarn and tea, And they have a knitting circle every Tuesday night, which unfortunately I work Tuesday night, so I can't go anymore. I went to one of them. And I'm like, eventually, when I gotta, I'm gonna be able to go to that. I know it. I can feel it. And I'm gonna learn this year. I'm gonna knit something, and I'm gonna sew a little ragamuffin good old boy pattern because I want to make one of those Western wear shirts. So, is it the we'll kind of place that out. would
0: that has like a house cat that wanders around the store? Because it sounds like that.
1: Probably does have a house cat. Yeah. Yeah. I I yeah, don't want to burst anyone's bubble. I likely
0: will not learn to knit this year, but I did uh, I did attempt knitting once, and I even showed everyone on on the show what my atrocity was that I knitted. So, uh, I've tried it.
1: It wasn't an atrocity. It was gorgeous.
0: You <laughs> should do it again. It's a useless item, though. Um, we we have a little bit of an announcement, and I don't know if people will be sad about this, but you shouldn't be sad about it because. Uh, It's a conscious decision that we're doing because we think it will make the channel better, but we're gonna tell you about it now. Uh, We think we have been focusing on quantity over quality too much, so we're not going to do daily Covfefe anymore. We're gonna do Covfefe on Mondays and Fridays live only, and we're not gonna do Covfefe Tuesday through Thursday but what we are going to do is we're going to use that time to try and get back to doing some of the stuff that we were wanting to do earlier, like interviewing interesting people, doing more deprogrammed, and doing deeper dives on things. So hopefully you'll still have a lot of content, but we're not going to do Kafefi every day anymore. So I know some people will be, be sad about that, but Carrie and I are happy about it because we really we really feel like we want to be doing more interesting content the inter- talk to
1: yeah, talk to and d- stuff. Yeah, Deprogrammed, which was a weekly show, kind of as we we uh, quit doing weekly. Um, and I think we're going to bring that back for sure because we want to interview some more people. We have a whole list of people. And if you're one of those people and you're in the chat, just know we're working through our list. We've just been overwhelmed with the daily Kevfefe. So we're going to do live Mondays and Fridays. We might do a daily another Kevfefe here and there if there's a topic that interests us. But we'll, it's not going to be as like rigid having to have one every day. We'll do Mondays and Fridays. And um, I think we should call it Intermittent Covfefe. Intermittent Covfefe. <laughs> <laughs> we could
0: call it Intermittent Covfefe. Actually, what say you chat? If you guys think Intermittent Covfefe is a good name, I'll, we'll totally change it. I think that's... Uh, I kind of like that because it's noncommittal. But, you know. Uh, everyone about, says they like live about, also. I like live as well. It's fun. So.
1: Well, we'll still be doing... Wombat says I'll miss the daily videos. Well, we'll still be doing videos during the rest of the week um they'll just be more we'll do the long form interviews we'll do the long form program. so it's just a different series it's not like the daily kevfefe. it'll be something else yeah no we'll still be posting as regularly we nit says you won't be posting as right regu- we'll still be posting very regularly but um right break <laughs> intermittent kaffee <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I like Intermittent Covfefe. I think that's a great name, so... Uh, all right. Yeah. Carrie, um, I'm in a good mood, but I'm also simultaneously... I, well, I don't know. I was really pissed off before the show about something that I just read. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I was in a good oh. mood. And I think I can blame Ninja Kitty for chatting me into a better mood on uh, before the show. I'm not sure. Okay. But... Uh, <laughs> Can I Coffee share with break. you the okay. thing that was pissing me off? Yes, please do. <sighs> All right, I don't. I don't talk about politics much, and I know people love Bernie Sanders. I. I can't stand, I hate Bernie Sanders with like every fiber of my being. Uh, I
1: know, and I like him. And I understand.
0: I I'm, gonna, I'm gonna explain why I particularly hate him okay. right now. Uh context, I've spent most of my life as an entrepreneur. I have been, uh, even before I was starting companies, I was uh, working for startups. Some of them failed miserably, and we lost money and wasted our time, and that's how life went. Some of them did well. Uh, There's no guarantees in the startup world. People who do startups generally, and when I say startup, I don't mean Facebook now, like that's not a startup. Like, the, I'm not talking about big tech. I'm talking about actual startups. Most of them fail. They, they you know, this idea that, like, one of the, so I've, I taught founders for a while and, um, and still do mentor founders. And there's this kind of stupid notion people have of, like, I'm going to start my own business so I can make my own hours. It's like, okay, yeah, you have to work 120 hours a week, but you can pick which ones. It's not better. Like, it's, it's grueling work. And the only reward you get, because often, you know, you're paid some, and in the Bay Area, like, e- even what sounds like a lot doesn't go very far, because the Bay Area is ridiculously expensive, right? So, you might get paid, maybe not always, but you might get paid, but uh, you're doing it because there's a potential for an upside, and sometimes that upside pay, like pans out, and sometimes it doesn't. Anyway, uh... Here's what pisses me off about Bernie. Um, I'll see if I can actually, let me, uh, let me see if I can put this up on the screen. I don't know if my screen's working. No. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry. Sounds I just, I like really you're walking. Wanna, I really want to show this article. So,
1: okay. <laughs> Bernie,
0: Bernie has a proposal. Bernie, the guy who's never actually had a job in the, in the, private sector. Bernie the guy who just, you know, believes that basically doesn't understand economics and wants to tax everyone for everything. That Bernie. That Bernie proposes this freaking thing. I'm trying not to swear. He wants to hike taxes on startup employees. So, when you start a startup, when you hire employees, one of the things you do is you pay them a little bit of money, sometimes a decent amount, but you're trying to attract, often you're trying to attract superstars with the startup. You're trying to attract like The top talent—you're pulling people out of large corporations who are making 250, 300 k a year. You're trying to pull in, especially early on. You're pulling in like big people, and you can't afford to pay them that much because you don't have the money. So what you do is you pay them a a working, like a you know, a decent wage in the Bay Area that will you know they'll maybe be able to pay their mortgage or whatever. Um, And you give them stock. You give them stock options. And the way that stock options work is. you you get a bunch of options granted and they vest over a period of, usually it's four years, they vest over a period of time. And so every month or every quarter, a portion of your stock vests. But you don't actually own the stock until you, they're, they're options, you don't actually own it. It's an option to buy the stock later. So you don't actually have the money. And even if the startup is valued a lot and your stock looks like it's valued a lot, it's all paper, it's all nothing, it's all zero. There's nothing there until the company, if the company ever sells or your stock becomes real. He wants to tax employees on as their stock options vest on the value of the options according to whatever the startup might be valued based on its last round of valuation or whatever. It's absolutely insane. So he's saying, well, I'm only doing it to employees who make 130K a year or more. Fine, that might sound like a lot, but in the Bay Area, if you're pulling in a big shot who used to make three or 400 K somewhere at a large company and you're getting them to work for your startup, you might easily pay them 130 K a year or even a little bit more, but you would make up for it by giving them options that hopefully would be worth something. And what he wants to do is tax them. So let's say if you're making 130 K a year and you've got stock options, you could easily have options. Let me just make this clear. You could easily have options that vest annually where your entire paycheck, more than your entire paycheck is owed in taxes and like, but it's money you don't have. It's, it's absolutely unconscionable. It is evil. It is, it is the worst possible thing to do to startups. It's the worst possible thing to do to entrepreneurs. It's just, I can't, I can't fathom what evil mind thinks that is okay. What an ass. I'm, I'm so pissed about it. I'm so angry. I'm sorry, Kerry. It's like, it's it's theft. It is outright theft and it will destroy the startup world. It will destroy the startup world. And if you don't think the startup world matters, like, fine, I guess you just wanna stick with all the existing big corporations because the only way they get unseated is by people taking risks with their own time and money to start other corporations that are rivals. And they start out piddly ass and maybe they grow. Mostly they die. This is... I I will no longer sit back and let anyone tell me Bernie's a nice guy. This is evil. This is evil. It's got evil written all over it. He's not a nice guy. This is not empathetic. It is at downright theft. That's the end of my rant. Nice hat.
1: Nicole Ivy says... This is just as damaging as setting up too much costly regulation. Government is already a barrier to growth. This is the opposite of growth.
0: Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, so this is the thing I've talked about before. Regulations generally, regulations, people don't realize this. Large corporations love regulations. People are like, we're going to regulate. Yeah, that's great. Zuckerberg loves that, right? Jeff Bezos loves regulation because he's got teams of lawyers. If, If regulatory compliance costs... $50 million a year, Zuckerberg and Bezos, they can like, that's a write-off, like that's like petty cash, it doesn't matter, but two guys in a garage with a startup, that's a non-starter, the end, they'll never get funding, they'll never get off the ground, they'll never do anything, so this idea that like regulation somehow is good for business and the small guy and helps people, it doesn't help anyone, regulation just... (laughs) ensconces the current giant players into like they become the forever monopolies that's how, that's what that's what you get with regulation um not even to mention regulatory capture which is the the process by which regulation is written it's usually the people, the big companies write their own reg- their regulation that will regulate them. It's it's absolutely insane. And this whole crap that like Bernie cares about the little man and cares about people. This is I, I can't think of anything like more obviously economically evil to do than this. It's he's going to tax people. I want to be clear. If you work at a startup, it's and and you're in this category, it's very likely. That at the end of the year, after you've already paid your taxes on your income, which you have have to do, you're going to have some amount left over. It's very much likely that you will owe more than what you've made to the government for some paper that you have in your name that may someday be worth something and may not. If that's not yeah. slavery, I don't know what is. How is that? How is any of that related to any kind of empathy, justice, anything?
1: Laura says, these are the same people who hate corporations, so where does this leave you? And then, thank you, Blackbeard. Blackbeard gave uh, a super chat. Thank you. He <sighs> says, Bernie will just create monopolies. So, well, so what is his reasoning? I'm asking a strategy question here. I'm not attempting to argue with you about your opinion that, that this is evil. I'm just asking, how does, how and why does someone do this and sell it? Is it because people have... Is it because people who are likely to vote for him, and again, for anyone new to the channel, I voted for him in 2016. Is it because people look at uh, startups and they think lots of money? I mean, and so I mean, he's taking advantage uh, of that? You, that? That might be,
0: Carrie, because I, I don't know. I mean, people who look at, again, people have this weird view of startups where they're like, the startups that they read about are Facebook and Google, but they don't read about the 95% of other startups that die or barely subsist that aren't Facebook and Google. Um, I don't know. This article says, I'm just going to read from this article. The legislation is officially designed to, quote, end tax advantages. I I hate this language. This this is so newspeak. End tax advantages that allow CEOs to contribute unlimited amounts to special executive retirement plans. First of all, uh, startups don't have retirement plans. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. I guess he he means the non-restricted stock options are retirement plans. Whatever, with proceeds going to shore up multi-employer pension plans. For, see, he basically wants to steal the money and give it to I don't know some union pensions. He it's just he just needs money because he he wants to spend more money than God has. So he needs to like have some kind of justification for where he's getting it. I I guess and he, and he you know people who've never done the guy's never had a freaking job in his life. You understand that? Never had a job. I think he was kicked out of the one commune that he cuz he was lazy and didn't do anything. Um, so Is that is that true? Yeah. So like <laughs> look, he doesn't he's only ever been a giant leech on taxpayer on the taxpayer wallet. So that's his entire existence um, through which he's afforded now summer homes cuz you know, that makes sense. Uh but yeah, the guy. I, I think it's just he needs money, and he has this stupid idea that like, well, people shouldn't be people shouldn't get such big stock options. It's like fine, fine, but th- like companies won't survive then. Like when you're when you're a startup, if you want to, let's say you want to compete with Facebook or Google or whatever, or Amazon, you need expertise. Like you need you need people who who are experts. And those people often come from some of those large competitors. If you're going to compete with Amazon, you might hire Amazon's chief marketing officer or whatever. And that person's, I don't know how much that person's making. They're probably making half a million dollars a year. I have no idea. I haven't looked it up. You could probably, this is probably public information. They're not going to want to work for your piddly ass risky startup and risk risk their financial stability, but they will if you say, well, I'll give you you know five or 10% of my company. And they're they're then they're doing math in their head like well if I can help turn this into a billions of dollar company then I'll then it's worth it fine, um, but if it's like also you're going to have to bleed a bunch of money every year, I mean no way no way so it so those people aren't going to go help the startups and the startups are just going to get worse and competition will be easier for the large companies to beat it's and, and aside from it just being patently unfair we're not your slaves Bernie we're not your wage slaves all right I gotta I'm I'm too angry I gotta relax we gotta move to something else
1: okay let's talk about your hat it's very nice (laughs) you're just (laughs) jumping you're just jumping to something
0: I need to jump to something I need to
1: jump to something Oh wait, I can jump to something I like unless you
0: have something else
1: go go ahead I just want to say thank you for Expressing this and doing so with passion because you know, it's not something that I pay attention to a lot The economic stuff or the economic plans and uh, it really does help hearing someone make an Argument in an, an impassioned argument like that. So I appreciate it.
0: I sent, actually Carrie. I sent you I don't know if you saw it I sent you a John Stossel video this morning. Did you see that?
1: Who's John Stossel?
0: He's the like libertarian esque dude that I don't know what channel he's on. Like I don't know if it's CBS or Fox or one of those, but it's like a major network that he's been on for like over a decade. He's been on for a while, and he always. Oh, I know his name. Oh, okay. Well, I know that you don't like economics, but he did this funny video. I won't show it now, but um, I encourage people to go find it. He did this funny video where he asked, like, how much is each candidate um, proposing to spend, and he added them up and like ranked the winner. Who, who wanted to spend the most, which was Bernie. Um, anyway, it's a, it's a good, it, it it's like semi-fun economics. So I was like, oh, maybe Carrie will be awake for this.
1: It probably went into the spam folder I created for anything with economics in the title. I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-oh, economics done. Okay, well, I have something I'm kind of, uh, I don't know, ha- happy about. Did you ever read, Carrie, do you remember the Choose Your Own Adventure books?
1: Yeah, I love the Choose Your Own Adventure books. Right? Weren't they awesome? Yeah. Yeah. They were so much fun.
0: Yeah. So I just bought a bunch because, I bought some for my daughter because.
1: The old ones?
0: Yeah. You know why I bought them? Because Slate told me not to. So (laughs) this article, I saw this article in Slate. Oh my God, it's Milton Friedman for kids. Now, here we go. This is what they hate about these books. A historian of capitalism exposes how choose-your-own-adventure books indoctrinated 80s children with the idea that success is simply the result of individual good choices.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me say something about this. Yeah, yeah, I haven't yeah. read this article, but that is hilarious. Right? Because what <laughs> basically saying is, I don't even... I'm going to read. I will read the rest. But this is an SJW, I can tell you, off the bat, who doesn't like the idea that your choices can have any bearing on your future or your success. They don't like meritocracy, and they are probably pushing the victimhood narrative of resentment, of anything I don't have is the fault of other people who have things. And And so they must... They must attack something that shows children that based on what choices you make, there will be different outcomes. That's hilarious. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm not even going to read the whole article because it's like this interview with this dude who is, I guess, a historian of capitalism. But that it's like um, he doesn't mean he's a fan of capitalism.
1: Do you know, by the way, remember, do you remember the famous interview, one of the first interviews Jordan Peterson did that put him on the, in the national spotlight? He was on this Canadian uh, talk show panel. And no, 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 it was a, it it might have been, but it was a, it was a panel. And one of the people he was debating was an academic, of course, who claimed to be a historian of, I think it was like a historian of biology. He wasn't a doctor. (laughs) He wasn't. I'm not a
0: biologist, but I play one in history
1: class. Right. right. And so basically, <laughs> it's like, no, you're just an academic. You're not a doctor. You're not a scientist. You're not a biologist. You're an SJW academic who is trying to corrupt those fields. Um, that's really funny that this is a historian of
0: <laughs> Yeah, I didn't actually... I don't think I saw what you're talking about, Carrie. Um, hey, Blackbeard. Bla- thank you, Blackbeard. He just, he just gave us uh, another five bucks. He says they hate those books because they teach kids... That you're in control of your own destiny. Yeah, which is why I was like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. I guess they do teach kids that. My kid needs that lesson. I'm buying those books. (laughs) But it's, Carrie, I just can't even, I can't believe that. I guess I can believe it. It's so crazy that they're like, this is indoctrination because it teaches kids that basically good choices matter.
1: Let's think of the logical conclusion to this ideology, okay? We've talked a lot about how SJW belief system is, one of its foundations is nihilism. It's the belief in nothing. Nothing matters, nothing matters at all. And so they wanted us to, instead of teaching kids to make good choices, why make any choices at all? Why not just sit on your couch all day and smoke pot and play video games? <laughs> right. Because nothing you do is going to lead to success anyway. I mean, that's their attitude,
0: right? It's make. it's this. Um, yeah, it's contradictory though, because they also there are also blank slate people who believe that there's like nothing that's innately transmitted to you. It's you're a blank slate, which is false biologically. Uh, so that they also believe people are total blank slates, but have no. Free will, like no decision they make matters. They're complete. They're one hundred percent products of their own environment.
1: Yeah, it's it's like why try? Why do anything? You know what? Why live? I mean, seriously, this is what. No, nihilism, I agree with you. Why live? Nihilism is what leads to suicide, and not just suicide. Nihilism leads to the they they want to talk about school shootings and and mass murder all the time. They want the media wants to blow it out of proportion as if it's an epidemic. They what leads to that kind of nihilism where you have a resentment of every of not not just living yourself but everyone else's existence well nothing matters yeah why are we here yeah. that's what that leads to well and it that's what that's what indoctrination that's like the darkest path you could take
0: yeah i i, I totally agree and it it's all, it also enables think about um if you're i'm going to be hyperbolic here but if your plan eventually is to uh let's let's use the Khmer Rouge as an example. If your plan is to shoot everyone with glasses because you think that that like, oop they might be book learning, they might have some book learning, we should shoot them. Uh, they might be professors or they might, you know, we shoot the intellectual class or shoot the, shoot the people who are rich or steal all the money from the people who are rich. If that's your plan, the the way that you have to justify it morally is to make the argument that they did nothing to get what they have. And because it's all luck, Therefore, they're evil hoarders for not spreading it out. And, and they're like, if they keep any of it, that makes them evil because they did not obtain it through any uh, action of their own. It's just randomly assigned by the universe. That's the kind of twisted morality that they need to justify vicious behavior against people who are at the top of any meritocracy.
1: Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, thank you for that, Jim. I I saw Maria Tuscan in chat said, is this satire?
0: I know, right, Maria? Speaking (laughs) of Maria, though, she sent me something. You want to see what Maria sent me today? Oh, yeah. Uh, Let me me find it. This was uh, Maria. This is another one. Jesus. Uh, So. uh, (laughs) Let me set some background. The University of Montana had a Martin Luther King... Essay contest, Carrie. Oh
1: yeah, I saw that. She sent it to me too. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) The essay contest.
0: Uh something about how you're implementing King's values. I don't remember, but some you know, normal essay prompt. Everyone who so first of all, I guess I guess that writing essays isn't like part of the social milieu at University of Montana, because only six people entered the contest, I think, or something ridiculously low.
1: But they were they're all not white. Teaching kids how to. By the way, they're not teaching kids how to write. That's something Peterson talks about. They're not teaching people how to write anymore. Right. So yeah. I'm not Why would you? Six that might lead entered.
0: to thought. That would be horrible. Yeah. Um. So, so like, like something like six people entered it. They were all white. So guess what? Guess what race the winners were? Uh, and they posted. White. They posted the winners on Facebook, to celebrate them. And uh, there was massive backlash about the fact that the winners were white. And they eventually took the post down. They took the post down and the names of the winners down because they were worried. Look at this. We removed their photos and names so they wouldn't be targeted or have to bear the responsibility for our decision to post the content. So... I guess they were I guess people were maybe targeting the winners of the essay for daring to write an essay because they had the wrong about skin what? color and when can party.
1: you imagine targeting little girls, children for writing an essay about why Martin Luther King had the right idea <laughs> like writing an essay about his ideas and what was good about them is we live in such a backwards world with this ideology that that those girls are getting targeted by adults, most likely, for winning an essay contest about what Martin Luther King Jr. got right.
0: Yep. That's and, crazy. Yeah, I mean, just to skip to the conclusion, right? They say, we take very seriously that we need to be evaluating the results of this, not just our good intentions, because the results always need to be analyzed in any anti-racism work. So you've talked about this before, Carrie. This is them saying, well, we may have just put an essay prompt out that was colorblind, right, that anyone could respond to this essay prompt. Uh, I guess the black students, of whom there are a few here, this is a predominantly white college, I guess they didn't decide to enter and... Now we're supposed to look at the results and decide that somehow the whole system is flawed because the few black people there didn't want to write an essay. Uh, and that's somehow their fault. And it's this – again, it's this blaming – it's blaming the unbiased cause for the outcome that they don't like, right? The reason is probably there weren't enough black students uh, at the university and probably not enough students just liked it, just – Numbers, not enough people wrote the essay. Um, and by the way, only the essays were judged people, by a panel of people s- that included people of color.
1: Only six people entered. I mean, come on. Right. And, and the thing is, like, th- this university is doing everything wrong. We've talked about, um, and we have an interview coming out soon with Lil Ragamuffin, who went through an SJ mo- SJW mobbing of her own and did we thought did the right thing, responded to it in the right way. You can look at colleges too, and you can look at which ones have responded in the right ways and which one is in the wrong ways. This is the wrong way. You're adults. You're you're being. And by the way, I said little girls. I didn't realize this is college age adults yeah, okay. writing these essays, But still, um, you're you're the adults in the room. You're still the mature ones. Like, teach the teach by example. You you don't respond in such a cowardly mealy way, like, you, they should have come out and said, how dare you? They should have done a Greta. Th- right. How dare you attack these winners of this essay who bothered, who took the time to write an essay to express, to connect with a great thinker's ideas and express what they liked about it, and, and who won a contest. How dare you crap all over their accomplishment and then intimidate them, contact them, whatever's happening. Like, stand up for these college kids who won stand up for what does that teach the kids who entered the contest i'm sorry you have the wrong skin color
0: yeah shut up shut up whitey yeah 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 that's what it teaches them um and uh i mean if you're if you have a problem with the fact that white kids won the essay contest go to the black community there and say hey next time there's an essay contest we should all submit essays i don't know
1: okay here's the worst part of the story not only did they kowtow and offer some stupid apology instead of instead of being adults and being courageous maria says the article also mentions they're now hiring a diversity and equity oh officer. i
0: forgot about that yes
1: Ugh. this is like an sjw police officer right they're there to police ideology and thought it's an administrative, bureaucratic job. This is what is making college so expensive. These equity departments have upwards of 100 employees on the on the payroll, all making a lot of money. You want to talk about indoctrination? That first article, or the article you shared about the books, all making a lot of money. They're not teachers, not professors. They're bureaucrats. Yeah, no, they're little thought they're administrators. police running
0: around. Thought Thought police. Yeah.
1: And they're making your kid's school very expensive.
0: Yeah. I have, uh, I was, I'm reminded of something. I already, I told Maria this because uh, this article reminds me of this. I ran into someone yesterday. I won't say who, but I ran into someone yesterday who's a teacher in uh, preschool, preschool teacher. And you know how teachers do teacher training, right? They, she informed me that, <laughs> you're going to love this, Carrie. They're not allowed to use the word triggered anymore because it's triggering. They have to use the word activated. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> they have to say activated, not triggering because the word triggering is triggering.
1: This is ri- this is why sense of humor is so important because honestly, this ideology it is evil, but it's also hilarious at times because yes. that look <laughs> of course, that would happen. Of course, people are now going to be triggered by the word. Tr- oh, there's a trigger coming. Just the word trigger triggers me because it tells me there's a trigger coming. <laughs> now activate. You know what's going to happen in in two years? The word activate right, is now tri- will be a problem. The word activate <laughs> is now activating because I can't be using trigger anymore. So the word activate is now activating. So now we've moved on to what? I, I don't poking. know what the
0: next one is. Just uh <laughs> just. Uh I, you know one of the purpose one of the goals for raising children is to and this includes schools and parents is to raise strong resilient children who can face the world and work their way through adversity because adversity is going to come there will be suffering there will be adversity and you want someone who can persevere through it and if i was going to design a system of thought that was intentionally teaching people not to persevere, but destroying their ability to persevere, creating the most fragile, pathetic beings imaginable. It would look much like this, where, oh, the word triggered is triggering? Like, everything is triggering. Everything. Mean words are triggering. An opinion you don't like is triggering. The word triggering is triggering. It's, um. I, I don't know. It ruins my optimism for future generations when I hear this crap, honestly.
1: Well, <laughs> Maria says, this is like the people <laughs> who won't clap and just do the jazz hands thing instead of applause. Okay, eventually, I see what she's saying here. Eventually, this won't be enough. Doing the jazz hands will be somehow, it, this will be... Uh, That's visually triggering, is, Carrie. It's not just visually triggering. This is also discriminatory against people who don't have hands.
0: Oh, that's a great point.
1: (laughs) Right. Like, Uh, how dare we? Um,
0: I don't
1: know. Blackbeard says, I
0: "I wish they gave me a trigger warning before we went to Afghanistan. (laughs) Yeah, not that kind of trigger warning, Blackbeard. They don't want to do that. Uh, Oh, sorry. Nicole Nicole Pratt uh, in chat. Corrects me, it's visually activating, not visually triggering.
1: Visually wanna, activating, yes. You know.
0: um, I so
1: I have
0: what? No, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: So I, so I was wondering if we could do a fun little experiment um, in on our on our video yesterday. Which, if you guys haven't seen Daily Kefefe from yesterday, Carter allowed me to drag him into some intermittent frivolity, <laughs> and we uh did some uh Myers-Briggs talk and some astrology talk surprisingly enough um but anyway maria said it it might be interesting to do an episode where people will come with like some kind of personal problem and then see what our different takes on it are based on personality differences so if anyone wants to be a test subject with a personal problem in the chat, feel free to share one. If not, no worries. We might still do one later. Um, I actually love. I that. actually
0: love that idea because I think it's uh, it's a lot of fun to like. Um, I mean, some people are so dysfunctional that you don't want to talk to them, but some people, it's like it's fun to like figure out what their problems are and try and relate them to principles and help them. Yeah, that would be fun.
1: I'm I'm much better at giving advice than I am at following my own, but that's part of the reason I give. <laughs> Because <laughs> usually I'm like talking to myself too. Like, oh, yeah! I should be doing this thing that I'm telling them. <laughs> it helps reinforce what I already try and self-correct. Like when I'm trying self-correction, it's like helps because I think like, you could see it in other people. And sometimes you can see things. Obviously, when you're when you're not in a situation, it's easier to see things more clearly sometimes than when you're in the midst of it yourself and it's happening to you.
0: <laughs> J- Jason M says, "I like a joke." uh, that Dankula made in the revolution. The police won't need water cannons and mace. <laughs> they just have the riot police clap, say mean words and misgender them and they'll fall over. <laughs> 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 that's so true. That is true. That is what will happen. Um, also, uh, East wind, who I think I know who that is. Uh, I think that's uh, stormy blue candle person. Uh, says, I'm INTJ, but I don't believe it because I'm INTJ. She was saying earlier that INTJs, it's one of the stereotypical things, I I guess, of an INTJ is they don't believe the Myers-Briggs test. (laughs) So there you go.
1: So one bit of news that happened, and Daniel uh, reminded me of this in chat. He says, have the right cops say, hey, dude. Oh, yes. I don't know if you saw, but Zuby, so you guys who don't know, we we did an interview with Zuby, uh, Carter did an interview with Zuby on our show. We, you guys can go watch that deprogrammed episode. And then, uh, Zuby interviewed me on his podcast. Um, just about my trajectory, leaving SJW ideology. He's a musician, he's a thinker, he's a fitness advocate. He's a lot of things, but anyway, Zuby just got a, a temporary ban from Twitter for saying, Hey dude, in response or okay, dude, in response to a uh, trans person he was disagreeing with. And they said it was a violation of their hate speech policy. He appealed and Twitter reviewed it and said, no, we were right. It is a violation of our hate speech policy to call someone dude. Now this is problematic to borrow one of their words. This is worrying for a lot of reasons. Um, The most obvious one being that, I and many other people call everyone dude. I, I, it has nothing to do with, I mean, I call women dude, like I, it doesn't matter. It, it has. So to take a word and say, you can't say that word. You can say it to this group of people. Like if he had said it to someone who identifies as a man, it would have been fine. That is, that's is the definition of you want to talk. That's treating people differently. This is just like the racism thing. SJW ideology says, that the best way to behave in the world is to is to divide people up into these so-called identity groups and then to treat them differently based on what group they're in. And that's what this is. Twitter's saying you can you you should treat people differently. You can say dude if they're in this group of people, but you can't say dude if they're in this other group of people that we're protecting from the word dude. Yep. It, it's insane.
0: Yeah. And and um actually the uh, the other thing that strikes me as odd is Okay, Dude is a response that I've made to people on Twitter, I think, uh, without bothering to look at their profile. So I don't like I don't check to see what gender they are before I would say that. So it's this assumption that like before you respond, you're supposed to go figure out what they want to be like, whether or not dude is appropriate, which, like you said, is kind of appropriate for everyone anyway. Uh, And just to be clear, the person that that person, do you remember? um, Do you remember a while ago? Uh, there was, uh, Andy No did an article about, uh, people in the media with ties to Antifa who are trying to like dox other people on the right. Yes. That's that yes. person. That's who that was. It's oh like. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And she calls herself the, pro- she, she, he, I don't even know. I guess not. The dude calls himself a, uh, pronoun enforcer on Twitter and, and revels in, Getting people banned for misgendering or whatever that's 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 part of this dude's whole thing
1: So this is the notice again We talked about nihilism being one of one of the foundations of SJW ideology Authoritarianism is another foundation. They want to control you with force. They are all about control and look at what we talked about at that college they're hiring a diversity and equity officer like an, like, hey officer! Like a, it's a police. They are there to police ideology and thought. This person calls themselves a pronoun enforcer. Enforcer. What does an enforcer do? Like they, their dark little authoritarian hearts want so badly to exercise power and control over other people. And and as we've mentioned before, we just so happen to live in a time where they don't currently have the power to do that legally and to throw you in jail yet um, but they're doing it through social media for sure and they're revealing their authoritarianism in these I mean enforcer officer like <laughs> yeah you
0: know? these are the. I mean these are the absolute worst people and you're right they want to be authoritarians um, I don't know you got to stand up to them you got to stand up to him. I don't. I assume Zuby will be back. It's a temporary ban for Zuby, you said.
1: Yeah, is Zuby doing? Did somebody say he's doing shirts that say "Okay, dude"? Because I'm buying one of those shirts, Fia's.
0: Oh, he <laughs> totally should. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <sighs> like, I just want to make my. I just want to change my uh, cover photo to "Okay, dude" <laughs> for a
0: while. Oh, Daniel yeah. T- Taylor says he is back already. He's back today. Okay. So.
1: Yeah, uh, Twitter jail.
0: That's good. He was in Twitter jail.
1: Um, I, I saw somebody on – I'll make this point quickly. Um, somebody I, – I have a lot of messages I haven't gotten through. If if I haven't gotten to yours yet, it, it's no personal reason. I just have a lot I haven't read. I, I read through some of the ones on Instagram last night, responded to them, and um, someone had sent me – I think it was Lady Knitter – had sent me a a link to uh, an Instagram, an SJW Instagram account where they had posted a long diatribe about how um, people who are critical of the ideology are comparing it to McCarthyism. And this person was saying, it's not McCarthyism because it's not the government doing it. This is social pressure. We're the, we're the one It's the social pressure to, to make sure you don't say the right thing or you don't say the wrong thing because the government won't step in and do it. And I was like, so wait a minute. You're basically admitting that it's like McCarthyism. It would be McCarthyism if they
0: would let it be.
1: Right. If only the government would do it for you, but since they won't, you guys have to do it. So yeah. You're you're making our point for us, which is that it is like McCarthyism. You're making these little blacklists. You're put. You're you're isolating people you're cutting them off you're you know they are the untouchables and you you made the point they're so out of it sometimes I don't think they realize when they're talking they're revealing everything it's like they're revealing everything and they're also making the point they don't realize they're making it's not McCarthyism because it's not the government doing it it's us doing it because the government won't do it
0: Well, okay is it make it
1: better because you're the ones doing it
0: yeah just to be clear also like there were commies, and there was a concerted effort by the Soviet Union, as was revealed decades later, uh, to infiltrate major institutions uh, exactly in the way McCarthy was concerned about. So uh, th- there was actually something a little bit more real there than your history books will teach you about McCarthyism. But yeah, it's, it's I'm, I'm okay with social pressure, right? I think social pressure is the way to do things. Yeah, let me put it this way. Social pressure is the right way to approach things rather than government pressure. But that doesn't mean just because you do it with social pressure, it's okay. You can still do horrible things through social pressure. And these are horrible things.
1: Yeah. And I don't care. Somebody says he was a crazy, dangerous authoritarian who is 100% correct. Yeah, he may have been correct about the ideology that he was opposing and and I'm I'm woefully ignorant, I'll say that up front. I, I myself need to learn a lot more about McCarthyism. But from my basic knowledge of it, my opinion on it is that it's still the same. Like you said, yes, he was a dangerous authoritarian. Look, I'm against SJW ideology, but I don't believe in putting them on lists and and uh rounding them up and trying to get them banned and that it's about your making sure your behavior reflects your beliefs your behavior shouldn't change based on what you're fighting. They believe what they're fighting is evil too. So, so you, you're a hypocrite if you're, if you're like, oh, but I'm fighting the right thing. Therefore, rounding you guys up and putting you on lists and censoring you and using violence or force or whatever is okay because I'm right. Well, that makes you a hypocrite. And this is, this is actually, did I express that? Okay. Did that make sense?
0: Yeah. 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 I get it. And, and, This is the frustrating part. So let's assume that McCarthy... Well, McCarthy was correct in his general premise, even though he was a crazy, dangerous authoritarian, which I agree with. The the thing that needs to happen is there needs to be people trying to shift the culture at that point, arguing that the general culture should be one in which bad ideas are challenged. And then that kind of ostracism can kind of happen socially, but it doesn't happen in a very heavy-handed way. It happens with, like, when someone says something that's a bad idea, It's the idea is challenged and people argue against it. Um, What we have instead is a culture that permits all of these ideas to just fester and grow and gain power in institutions. And so this is why I kind of want to get back to the Thing that I I say we you know we we quote Andrew Breitbart sometimes who says that politics is downstream from um, culture or maybe he said culture. culture was upstream from politics but whatever politics being downstream from culture true but culture is downstream from philosophy so if you don't have a decent philosophical underpinning that's been taught and rolled out culturally then you end up with a culture full of people who don't argue against communism and who don't argue against these bad ideas and then they they fester and get big and you have people like mccarthy who feel like they need to go do authoritarian things to try and remove the commies which that's really not the right you know that's not that's not how you get rid of communism communism is a bad idea you get rid of it by you want to get rid of it at the war of ideas level, not after it's already gotten to a point where there's people in power who possess those ideas. Um, And that's one of the, I think, what challenges we're seeing with social justice is we let social justice ideology fester for decades and decades and decades. And now they're starting to get into power. And now people are like, hey, we don't like what's going on. We want to push back on this power. Like now we need to do things like, regulate facebook like you hear arguments about regulating twitter and regulating facebook because they should have free speech and blah 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 so people are turning to the government to solve a problem that you should have solved decades ago by just arguing the ideology not letting your kids get indoctrinated in this stuff yeah and pushing back on the ideas when the ideas were just ideas and weren't popular and didn't have a lot of power
1: yeah You can't, I I completely agree. I think we're, we're, you and I are expressing the same thoughts in different ways, coming at it in different ways, but yeah. I think so.
0: By the way, we didn't say thank you to Sandy Sandy Kins, sorry, Sandy Kins 57, who just gave us 20 SEKs. I don't know what an SEK is. I'm going to assume one SEK is a million dollars. So thank you very much, Sandy Kins 57. (laughs) We've got uh, all the money we need to operate for quite some time. She says she needs uh, our hat size. I don't know my hat size, actually. Carrie might know hers. Um, I will find I my hat size and let you know. I'll post it.
1: I don't, but Heather296, who made me this hat, perfectly guessed it. So ask her what my hat size is. <laughs> All right, I,
0: I, will find, <laughs> I will find my hat size. I'll, I, you know what? I'll make a note. I'll make a note. Right now, I'm making a note. Find. I
1: have it written down somewhere I'll find it. You guys are too kind. That's very sweet. Ka- Carter needs a knit hat and a, uh, I think I think Carter needs to wear you need to come in like Mr. Rogers one day but have like all of your outfit knit like your knit tie, your knit shirt, your knit sweater. Actually, wait,
0: wait, if if I was going to have a hat um if I was going to ha- if I was going to wear a knit hat, wait, I'm going to find there is a knit hat that I I would wear. Um I'm going to I'm going to show you the pic- a picture. I would wait. Just being a, okay. a science fiction nerd, this I will wear this knit hat. What? This this is <laughs> Jane's is this hat from? from Firefly. I'll wear Jane's hat. So oh, there you go, Firefly. knitters. I that's the hat.
1: That <laughs> that's hilarious. You're too funny. Knit for says, "Well, I guess Carter's changed his mind on getting paid in hats."
0: <laughs> <laughs> You wore me down, net fragility.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Um,
1: okay, what else? I've got to go to work in in like I have fifteen more minutes. Aw, you're so lame. I know work is lame. I've got to be go be a, a wage slave.
0: <laughs> did, did Did you see this? Um, this thing's from uh, actually November last year but um jack shared it i think he might have got it from facebook or something um (laughs) i love this here we go ready this is an article in i don't know australian feminist law journal so you know i like to read the australian feminist law journal in my free time (laughs) sexual dimorphic bodies colon a production of birth certificates so the argument here is that um, determining gender here, it concludes that legally assigning a gender or sex has intrinsically violent effects on bodies, something that could be avoided by eliminating the public registration of gender and sex. Uh, So (laughs) it's a boy is now violence. That's violence. It's a boy. It's violence.
1: violence. Yeah. Yeah. Notice how they use that word um, for anyone who's new. Well, and violence is like they they for authoritarians, it's all about control. Right. And one great way to control populations of people, control people is to get them to self censor. To, to control language and what what words they're allowed to say and can't say and what ideas they can have and can't have and and then also to change the definition of words because it's hard to get you to swallow a racist and sexist ideology you have to change the definition of racism and sexism and get people to accept that first right that premise first and they also change words like violence it's hard to get people to say yeah i'm cool with violence so they have to, what they do is they change the def, they they try and equate differing opinions. You see them call things violence all the time, which are not violence, because they want to be able to then respond eventually. And they have in some cases, like Antifa does, with actual they want violence. to respond yeah. with actual violence because if they can get you in your head to accept a new definition and concept of these things are your opinion is violence or this is violence. This this Behavior is violence. When it's not, then they're, they feel justified. Then they can get you to go along with actual physical violence, the initiation of force, because then they're like, "But it's self-defense because your opinion was violent and I'm self-defending." Right. Which you know, that's it's disgusting. It's another disgusting thing about this belief system. But
0: one of many. Um, the other thing that that struck me about this, Carrie, is it's something that you and I have spoken about before. That you you pointed out originally to me the use of the word bodies. Um,
1: yeah, they use that word a lot.
0: I was thinking about it, and I have a—I I just want to chat about it for a minute because I'm not—I'm not sure about this, but I'm wondering if they use the word bodies because, uh, first of all, it's—it's it's, the word bodies is kind of related to blank slate theory, right? This again, I think I mentioned it earlier in the show, actually today. Blank slate theory, this idea that you're born with a complete blank slate. It's tabula rasa. You have no, there's no genetic component to anything about you. I guess including sex right uh and that everything is is environmental which is obviously false and retarded and i but if you use the word body it when you're talking about people it kind of separates it's it's a way to separate the mind from the body if you say person people think of a kind of a holistic being with the mind and a body but if you say body you you do that to underscore that there's there the mind is this thing and the body is this completely separate thing we're just talking about the body just bodies um, it's kind of the opposite of mind-body integration. And I think um, if you have that mind-body connectedness, if you think that the, the mind and body are related in some ha- in some way, then it makes it very difficult to make a lot of arguments that they want to make, ultimately. Like one of their arguments is that uh, sexual dimorphism doesn't exist. It's a social construct, right? Well, if you think in, in the mind even, right? But if you think about minds and bodies as completely separate, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's easier to do that if you know that they're related because there's a correlation between the physical sexual dimorphism and mental sexual dimorphism, right? There's, I don't know if dimorphism Mm -hmm. is the right word, but mental differences and physical differences are correlated by sex. And so if you want to make this argument that there are no, mental differences at all you need to kind of detach the mind from the body and start talking about bodies as this like uh separate thing and the mind is this incorporeal unrelated thing um and i'm wondering if that's why they use bodies so that they can really drive home this idea that the that minds are completely interchangeable and completely blank slated i don't know what your thoughts are on that
1: um, I think that could be it. I think also, well, Maria says in chat that James Lindsay said he thinks the body thing is related to slavery, and the idea that we're all just workers and slaves. Um, I think it's mm-hmm. actually, I think it's, I think it's more spiritual, honestly, I think it's a little bit related to nihilism, again, in that um, a, they, it's it's a destruction of a belief in anything, including a belief in God, or a belief in the soul, or a belief in this mind body integration even um, I I think that I think they really do on some level just view us as bodies. Um, but and I, well, think, and that's but the, I think another that, thing they
0: do by the way just
1: view another, us as bodies, yeah. But another thing they're trying to do though is 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 they try to say that I think they're trying to say that um, the side they're opposing, so the those of us who are against this ideology They're trying to put it in our mouths. They're trying to say, like when they say black and brown bodies, they're trying to put it in our mouths. But it's not in our mouths. They're the ones who use that dehumanizing phrase. Nobody who criticizes SJW ideology have I ever heard say bodies, black and brown bodies. They say it. It's a, I don't know. I haven't completely wrapped my head around what they're doing there, but it is a dehumanizing thing that they do. And, and maybe with um, when it comes to little babies and children and this whole thing about like, um, you know, that children aren't born with a sex, which they are, that babies aren't born with sex. Um, if they reduce children and babies to just a body. See, see, I think, I think that the, um the, I think that giving I think medical interference, it, um like this gender so-called corrective surgery. I think giving puberty blockers to children is child abuse. I think, I think all of this Absolutely. experimentation that we're doing is child abuse. We are experimenting on children currently. That's a new thing. We don't know what's going to happen. We do know there's a lot of people now who are starting to come forward, trying to detransition. And I do think there are going to be a lot of medical malpractice lawsuits as these people reach adulthood, where they're suing their parents and they're suing doctors for not protecting them when they were minors and shouldn't have been allowed to make elective medical decisions about puberty blockers and hormones. Um, and, and they, they do, they will remove the, the breasts at age 16. They'll do mastectomies at age 16 in California. Um, you know, when you're still a minor, you shouldn't be allowed to make that decision. I'm sorry, you're, you're, you're not an adult yet. We don't let you smoke. Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't let you drive. But anyway, so um, I think that's child abuse. And so I think one way they, they push us along to accepting the child abuse is, again, if we view this as a body
0: yeah, I, 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 I do think... I mean, someone in chat... Um, who was it? Someone in chat pointed out that uh, Joseph Stalin... El Vaquero pointed out that Joseph Stalin would have been a big fan of blank slate ideology. Yeah, I mean, blank slateism. I think it actually is one of the flaws of um, of the Enlightenment. I think it actually came out of the Enlightenment. Um, but he was a Lysenkoist, right? He's a fan of Lysenkoism, which is like an anti-science uh, ideology. And I... <sighs> I think the only way you can really be a serious collectivist generally is to um, view people... This is related, actually, to the show I did the other day. You you have to be able to view people as just cattle, right? You can't view them as human beings. Mm. Um, and because cause they're just these groups of things that you move around, and we need more of this group to do this. And, you know, uh, they're just, um, you know, if you got to kill some of these to make this work over here that's fine. So I I think blank slateism I think is I think it's everywhere that it's everywhere that I can think of where collectivism is is blank slateism. I don't That's not true. I guess on the right there's some collectivism on the right that's not based on but everywhere on the left where there's um everyone on the left where there's authoritarianism on the left it's all there's always blank slateism and um I don't think, I think Lin, James Lindsay is right, the bodies does kind of remind of slavery in some way, but uh, I don't, I think there's, like you, Carrie, I think there's something deeper, there's a deeper reason why the word bodies resonates with them and why they want to use it, and it's not to do with slavery. It is to do with some kind of blank slate, you, I think you called it spiritual, like disconnection. And I think that disconnection is necessary in order to view people as, as something non-human, that is a resource. They view people as resources, right? Not individuals.
1: Yeah. We're, n- none of us are individuals to them. We know that. That's the other thing. It's, this, We well, we've hit on three foundations, nihilism, authoritarianism, and collectivism. Yeah. They're not, it's not about individualism. This ideology, one of its pillars is collectivism. It's, it's about the group. You're not an individual. You're only important to them in terms of, which of the marginalized boxes you check off. And so, you know, you're only important in terms of your group membership, your immutable identity characteristics, these identity groups, that's it. So yeah. I think it it is also just a reflection of the, the, the fact that this is not an ideology centered on the individual. Um, they don't see you as, they don't see you as an individual. They don't see you as someone possessing, your own individual character and yep. um, I, I would, I would presume that a lot of these people don't, I mean, look, I know that, I know there are different types of SJWs too. So I, I was in a really um, atheist agnostic kind of SJWism, but Gracie West who embarrassing mom on YouTube, who we've had on the show before. I mean, he was often in the chat, you know, she was in a Christian um, SJW world. So they presumably do believe in the soul So it can manifest in different ways. But the part out, the group I was in was more atheist. They definitely, they they didn't, I would, you know, they don't believe you have a soul. The part, the part of the right world I was in. And Elvicaro in
0: chat just uh, reminded everyone of this. This is a Joseph Stalin quote, by the way, this is Stalin. One death is a tragedy. One million is a statistic. Yep. One's a tragedy. A million is a statistic. That's how they think. Um, Carrie, you reminded me of uh, when you were talking about bodies. You went to this this dark place of children, right? And how they view children, right. which I think is I think you're right. Um, and this is related to this disturbing video I saw that I'm going to play for a quick second. Um, this is kind of look at this girl's face. I, I don't. I assume this is a drag person or something. I'm, I can't tell, but it doesn't matter. So look at all these adults hanging out. At this event, where basically this child is getting kind of like a lap dance—not exactly a lap dance, but like a personal dance. Uh, look, the adults are all like, "Ah, oh, this is funny. How this mom over here is dancing. Oh, yay, yay, honey, it's funny." But look at the kid's face. Uh, the poor kid. Wait, wait. You can—it's hard to see her face, I guess, from this video. But the kid's face is like, "What the heck is going on?" Um. Oh. Uh. Yeah, right there there's the kid. Look, see the kid's face? Let me do that again.
1: This makes me think of a cult. Like right? just a creepy you're there with all these adults who are supposed to be in charge and protecting you and they're introducing you to this adult situation. It it doesn't matter to me if it's a drag queen, it could be a a right. it could be a stripper, it could be a female stripper. It's still like I don't think that's an appropriate thing for a child that young like that's
0: just this this is the brave new world stuff right this is the sexualization of children for no apparent reason like why why are we introducing this this to this child i don't it's a yeah someone someone in chat said it's a cult it is it is disturbing and uh that's my evidence that western civilization is dying just that video done
1: yeah Well, they are definitely – I mean, if you can choose your gender at two or whatever, it it, – I know that this ventures on people will say slippery slope fallacy, but sometimes there's things that are slippery slope fallacies are still true. It doesn't mean that it's it's wrong. It's not my only argument, but it is – I do think it is a slippery slope to say – you can choose your gender at two. Well, why can't you choose your sexuality? And a lot of these um, we've seen in the pre-K material that they're teaching now in kindergarten. They're teaching kids about choosing your own gender and sexuality. Why are you talking to five-year-olds about sexuality? Right. They don't need to choose their sexuality. What right. are you talking about? They shouldn't be talking to them about sexuality at all. Yep. Um, totally. You're sexualizing totally You're sexualizing children.
0: Yeah. And you shouldn't be. Um and Elva Caro also Elva Caro's got it going on today. Elva Caro also points out um, this kind of degeneracy, what was happening in Weimar Germany. Yeah, there's some interesting. Um, if you read about, or I think there's a couple interesting documentaries about Weimar Germany. Um, this it really people don't realize that you know we think of like um, Caligula or like there's, there's certain periods in history or you know where we think of like massive debauchery or whatever, but the Weimar Republic was one of those periods. It was the um, capital of the war of. It was like the, I don't want to say, like sexual playground of the world was the Weimar Republic. And I think it's one of the things that that allowed, that, that drove people to embrace Nazism was because Nazis uh, decried this immorality and kind of vowed to shut it down and and fight against it and and they did do that and a whole bunch of obviously horrible other evil stuff but um yeah this is this is a common this is a common thing in failing empires and I you know I did a whole show recently about Sir John Glubb's Fate of Empires this is a this is a common recurrence towards the end of an empire this kind of <sighs> I'll say destruction of any sort of sexual mores, where like nothing, you know, it goes from things that we maybe would all agree with, like well, maybe it shouldn't, you know, maybe sex shouldn't be confined to marriage. Maybe we should have a healthier attitude towards sex, which is a very mild opinion, right? And then it, and then it, but then it degenerates into like, eh, kids can have sex, right? Kids can consent, which is, uh, which is, I think, where we're heading. So. Oh, Ellen think, says, give us five bucks. We should thank Ellen. Thank you, Ellen.
1: Thank you, Ellen. I, I, I want to respond to that. I, d- I definitely think that's where we're headed. And uh, if you guys haven't watched any of her videos, you should check out uh, uh, Camille Paglia. Paglia, I mm. always say it. I'm not sure which way to say it. But she does, um, she's done videos talking about, comparing, comparing where we're at culturally right now to the fall of Rome. And about about the cultural things that became common and accepted before the fall of Rome and um and I I I think she makes a, I think she makes a good argument a good case for why we're seeing some of the same nothing's new under the sun we all of this stuff has happened before you know we keep repeating history
0: unfortunately <laughs> yes. oh, Daniel Keane just sent us 10 bucks thank you Daniel uh, Will the same people remain silent in the face of these atrocities? I don't know. What's the quote? Uh, all that's required for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing or say nothing. I've some, do nothing. Who? Who is that? Yeah. Do you know whose quote is that? Who said that?
1: Uh, I forget whose quote that is. But yeah, is it is it Roosevelt? Somebody I, tell us in chat. I hope not. <laughs> Why? Teddy, it's not, is it not Teddy Roosevelt?
0: I, either Roosevelt would be uh Somewhat disturbing to me if they, that quote came from them, but we'll we'll find it. Um, Daniel asked, so he asked, well, the same people remain silent. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. We have, I mean, the same people have remained silent for quite some time. There is a, and this is one of the frustrating things to me, there is a large swath, probably most of the population who looks at stuff like this and they have an attitude that's very dismissive. Yeah, that's weird, but, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah, they're teaching that stuff in school, but, yeah, it's okay. My kid, will, I'll, I'll fix it at home a little bit. Oh, it, you know, oh, well, you know, oh, it's kind of true, sort of, you know. Eh, like, they, they don't, they just, they're complacent and, like, ah, eh, don't don't make me ruffle any feathers. I don't want to have an argument with my yoga friends or whatever. I'm like, ah, eh, you know, I'm comfortable. Stop, you know, stop making, I don't want to make a fuss. Things are okay. Well, well, you know, whatever. My friends seem to think, oh, look around. No. My friends seem to think it's okay.
1: Eh, right? No. It's fear, and you have to get over that fear of speaking against it. Um, Ninja Kitty says it was JFK. That's the JFK quote.
0: Well, that's You know, that's even worse for me, Ninja. I don't know.
1: It's. T- I don't want it to <laughs> be JFK either. <laughs> no, Douglas said it was Ed- Edmund Burke. There's a, yes! there's a disagreement happening.
0: Yes. Hold on. I'm going to look it up.
1: Tiger, Tiger needs to weigh in.
0: <laughs> it's Edmund Burke. Thank you. Yeah, that's better than the Kennedys or the Roosevelts.
1: Oh, Douglas says that JFK quoted Burke.
0: Right. Okay. That makes me feel Don't. a little bit better.
1: <sighs> um, Despite what Wombat said, I really appreciate the super chats. Thank you, Daniel. Um, for the $10, oh my gosh, thank you. Uh, Wombat says if we keep donating, Gary won't have to go to work, but I do. <laughs> In general, do that's
0: to- true. In general that's true. In general. Yeah. Um, why do you have to go to work now is that what you're telling us?
1: Yeah. This little doggy's not paying the bills. You know what I tell him? When other doggies stay here, they pay. You you just he's just a little doggy freeloader. <laughs> Look at him. He doesn't Kick care. Him out. <laughs> he's <laughs> He needs to be bringing home some bacon. <laughs> uh,
0: at least he's not doing some of the things what? the other dogs you have do.
1: Oh, I have some bad dogs sometimes. I know, I know. <laughs> but Tiger's a very good dog. Um, okay. I uh, I really had fun today with you guys. Thank you for joining us for chat. Uh, Carter, I mean, you obviously you sometimes stick around. I'm going to be taking off. If uh, I just want to say, if you haven't already, um, Ninja Point said earlier, but but it would help us if you hit like on the video. That presumably helps us with algorithms, and share the video if you like it, and um, and if you want to support us, um. Uh, through subscribestar.com, look for Unsafe Space Book Club is going to be March 22nd. I know I have to I have to announce it in the group. I haven't announced it yet. March 22nd, Sunday, 7 p.m. Central Time. We're reading. We're currently reading uh, Douglas Murray's The Madness of Crowds. Have a good weekend, guys. Bye, have Carter. A good weekend, Carrie.
0: Later. I'm going to stick for just two minutes because I want to. I want to talk about one thing, a couple things. Uh, J.M. Galloway in chat says it's average IQ. I don't think it's the average IQ. Although the average IQ, I would agree with you, is concerning. Um, I don't think you need to be that brilliant to see the error of many of these things. I don't. I don't think it takes a genius. I think it's. I think it's something that relatively dull people can understand. So. Uh, I don't think it's just IQ, and I and I while I do think it's that you know people don't care, and I kind of gave this uh, scenario before of someone like, well, I don't want to make raves or whatever. It probably does stem from fear. But it's it's I think Carrie's right about that. It does stem from fear, but it's just it's a general fear. It's not a specific fear. It's a general fear of conflict. We don't live in a society where um, people like to actually have conflict. I know Twitter looks like we do. Uh, But face-to-face, other than than Antifa and some crazies, face-to-face people generally don't... We don't know how to have polite conflict, right? We don't know how to say to someone, like, I disagree with you, that's wrong, and not have it turn into an explosion. Uh, And I think a lot of people, there's too many people that just kind of want to smooth over relationships at the expense of the truth, and no relationship is worth sacrificing the truth. None. So... Uh, I, I now would include even marriage and, and children. Like I don't, you know, I don't do light white lies. Um, even, you know, when your kid, if your kid draws a bad picture and says like, Hey, what do you think of this? Uh, you don't have to say this. That's ugly. You can say, I noticed you used a lot of red and this is better than that other one or whatever. You can find true things to say. Um, but we live in a culture in which people are deathly afraid of offending other people and having any kind of social friction and social friction doesn't have to be bad. You can have social friction with people and return to a friendship with them. It doesn't, it doesn't mean, you know, you don't have to be enemies. We don't, everything doesn't have to be best buddies or enemies. Uh, but we don't, we don't live in a world like that. So, or at least right now we don't. Anyway, unless there's anything else in chat, which I don't think there is. Uh, I will say goodbye to you guys. As a reminder, uh, we are not doing Daily Kofefi in case you missed the, the update earlier. We're not going to do Daily Kofefi anymore. I think we decided on today's show in chat that we're going to name it Intermittent Kofefi, But we are going to do it every Monday and Friday, and it will be live. So that will continue. But we are uh, going to give ourselves some more free time during the week to start bringing you content that we think is better, interviews and more in-depth stuff. So thanks, everyone. Have a great weekend. And uh, thanks, everyone, in chat. Ninja Kitty, you were here an hour before chat. You're here at the end. Ninja Kitty wins the award today uh, for something, some award. Thanks, everyone. Take care.